0: Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us here on another great day that the Lord has made. And I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you may be in our fine universal church. Well, let's turn to scripture and the Old Testament and a timely message that's applicable today that God sent to the Israelites back in the second book of Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. God says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves... And pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways; then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What a great message from God to to the Israelites, and something that uh, we could learn today. We could um, look at the the solutions that are being proposed by um, those in, in authority. You know, when it comes to, to politics, anything that's secular, any of these solutions that are coming from the world they have nothing to do with Jesus Christ and we know that is the solution and uh, we need to to repent and to and to pray and to sacrifice and to make reparation in this world and we talked about that here in recent episodes and that message of our lady of fatima making reparation not only for our own sins but also for the sins of others and uh, we need more good guys and good girls on the team to to pray and make these reparations and uh, and to have hope and show that charity and uh, live that sacramental life so that we can really be true beacons of light to this fallen world. So I'm really excited to have Kennedy Hall, a good friend of our podcast, come on to join us again here. You've uh, seen his work on LifeSite News, 1 Peter 5, Crisis Magazine, many places. So really excited to have Kennedy come in here and talk a little bit about politics, the recent papal visit, and uh, where we're at as a state of the church. And uh, our role as laity, especially, to uh, to really take up the uh, uh, the slack or any kind of gaps that exist, and we see a lot of them in our church. But, you know, I think our Lord really wants us to um, enter into a new level, that sacramental life and receiving the graces to live a life of virtue against what we see in the world, which is uh, rotten with uh, lies and with vice. And uh, But we can make a difference. And I think throughout the world, we do see these little pockets of winning the battle. We know at the end of the day that Jesus has won eternal salvation for us. But it's still, in this world, we still got to live in it. We can't be of it, but we got to live in it. And we got to take as many souls with us to heaven as possible. Of course, starting with our own and also those of our family and our friends and our community. So let's take that journey together. And here comes Kennedy Hall. Always entertaining, always informative. Love his insights. Talk to you on the other side of the interview, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, our friend Kennedy Hall is an author, commentator, and he's got a great YouTube channel called The Kennedy Report, working to make sense of the world from a Catholic perspective. You can also find his columns at One Peter Five, Crisis Magazine, LifeSite News, among other places. And uh, he's also a fellow Canuck, family man, and of course, our brother in Christ, Kennedy. Welcome back to the Catholic Canuck Podcast. How you doing? Great to have you, man. It's a blessing, and it's been a year. Uh, boy, time yeah. flies. We had a, a great chat um, before the last election oh, in goodness, Canada yeah. here, and we were talking about the People's Party, and had a great, actually, a great reception and great feedback from that. A lot of people didn't know much about the People's Party of uh, Canada, and uh, and I know that uh, you made a note in uh, your Twitter feed. You got a great Twitter follow, by the way. follow Thank Kennedy you. at Twitter as well. But you made a little prediction that you thought the election was going to happen a little bit sooner. So uh, I think it was going to be in the spring or something. So I said, man, I got I to gotta track down Kennedy when that happens. But then our uh, our lovely uh, drunken sailor friends from the NDP and Liberal decided to uh, form a coalition uh, in Canada. And uh, there might be a possibility to be about a three-year wait until that happens. So I thought, I can't wait that long to talk to Kennedy again. So <laughs> I'm glad we tracked you down. So let's maybe really start there. So the People's Party comes out. We have... Um, uh, Aaron O'Toole kind of this uh, the pseudo-conservative shows up does not go well for anybody really on the, the conservative side of the ledger in Canada uh, then we have the the freedom Convoy this little convoy yeah. that started in Western <laughs> Canada uh, some places in the eastern Canada as well and it all converges into Ottawa um, of course the 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 goal of these truckers and all these great supporters from across Canada was to uh lift the mandates and see mm-hmm. some change have some conversation with the government that never happened but what began was the res- resignation of Aaron O'Toole right Kennedy that's what happened yeah. uh shortly uh, after the the convoy kind of uh, uh descended upon Ottawa and uh, it actually started uh the rise of this uh this phenomenon the Pierre Polyev phenomenon <laughs> and just recently he's been uh, named the leader of the conservative party Let's start there. Um, what are your thoughts on on Pierre Polyev? I always say to people, you know, they say, hey, he's not the perfect guy. He's like, no, until Jesus or the Blessed Virgin Mary show up, <laughs> we'll never have the perfect political candidate. But uh, your thoughts on on Pierre Polyev and uh, what we've seen here in the last six months or so.
1: Yeah, and I want to back up a little further too because I do think that sure. the mandates are going away now because of the Freedom Convoy. Um hmm I mean, well, so we, we did see with the convoy that all of the provincial ones began to drop, and that was not a coincidence. I mean, you know, Doug Ford, he's so spineless. But uh, oh, it has nothing to do with that. It's like really, there's a big freedom convoy in your province, and all of a sudden we're going to get rid of masks next week and jab, you know, whatever. Um, clearly, it was for pressure. This is this is the thing about a representative democracy, so called, is that um, it's 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 a it's it's a government by opinion polls. Okay, and we know this because. Um, uh, uh, there was a leak not a leak but the, the one of the campaign managers for ford during uh like the third lockdown and whatever we we're going through he you know maybe was drinking was on twitter just let something slip you know and uh someone asked you know why would we have why is ford doing this and he literally replied because 66 percent of eligible voters want it <laughs> you know so we're having a lockdown because the voters want it you know that's mm. what it's always been about it that's it's 100% about the uh this is why canada had locked so long is because our media is insanely coercive and powerful and there's no dis i mean there's no fox news isn't perfect but I'd, I'd settle for an imperfect fox news in canada you know um there's no possibility of there being a serious news organization you know making a mockery of dr tam and 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 you know that sort of thing it just doesn't happen it's impossible on canadian airwaves right now um so the public opinion amongst eligible voters was of course going to be generally speaking in favor of whatever health measures, because the information they were getting was that they were all going to die. If they talked to their neighbor um, and Canadians have this anti-American, sadly many of us have this anti-American bias. So you, you know, I remember my wife, she actually called uh, Randy Pettapiece. I don't know if he's retired yet. He's uh old uh, career politician from where we used to live in Stratford, Ontario. And I, I think he was provincial. I can't remember if it's provincial or federal, He was provincial anyway. And, uh, she called him and my wife, and this was in the late fall of 2020. And she said to him, uh, you know, what about, uh, Florida? And he said, Oh, they're dropping like flies down there. And, uh, she was like, no, they're not. Here's like, she, my wife's smart. She's, you know, she's, she's, well, she's not that smart. She married me, but other than that, she's pretty smart. And, uh, you know, she was like, no, these are the numbers. And this is the, like, she's, you know, she's like, this is the death rate. And he said, where do you get this information? And she's like, I read it from the internet. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I read the I read the numbers on the places where you get the numbers. And he says, Oh, I don't believe that. This is a guy who's in office and um, uh, clearly doesn't read anything that that's not a memo that comes across his desk, right? So, so anyway, you fast forward, and this Freedom Convoy really did change things, and. Personally, this is this is you know, and we'll get to, I'll get to Polyev here in a sec because that's an interesting way you talked about him. He's not perfect, and I agree, he's not perfect. But that doesn't mean you let the good be the en- good be the enemy of the perfect, you know, or perfect be the enemy of the good. Sorry, sorry. So when Aaron O'Toole, look at the actual dates. So the Freedom Convoy starts. He bungles his response to it. He did this classic Aaron O'Toole thing where he uh, said one thing one day and then flipped the next day and then flipped back, and it's like, okay, what do you even mean? And within about 48 hours they had a leadership review like he was out the first week of the convoy
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay and uh it was like february 1st or something they didn't arrive till like it was the 28th very quick yeah it was like 27th or 28th yeah. they revived. like it was right away it was mm-hmm. surreal how quick it happened nothing happens that quick in parliament and um and it was about 75 percent of the caucus right away voted to get him out uh clearly they wanted him gone for a long time what i believe this is what i believe i believe <clears throat> you know, COVID, well, not COVID communism, but spelled with a V has been a, uh, a really strong hypnosis, uh, you know, benefit of the doubt. I understand a lot of people were really scared and I get that and all that sort of thing. Um, but not only that, it's been like a shock in a psychological sense, you know, it's, it, 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 this might sound like a strange analogy, but I think of those stories you hear of these women who marry a guy and then he turns out to be, you know, a druggie and an abuser. And, um, it takes her 10 years to leave him. And it's like, why would you do that? And it's kind of like, and and she's even defending him for those few years. Like, well, I know I caught him with meth, but it's not really his fault. <laughs> you know, it's my fault. I'm not, uh, you know, attractive enough or something. Um, you know, it, what what Trudeau has done and what his government has done is abusive. It's been psychologically abusive. It really is like, if you were to study it from a, from a clinical perspective, what he has done to the mind of people is he has um, scared them and threatened them and told them that you know if they don't listen uh they'll get in trouble uh on top of the fact that he scared them and threatened them you know it, it really is it, it was a, an extremely abusive psychological maneuver and it really harmed people in the sense of c- causing real trauma you know I I don't like to overpsychologize things but I wouldn't be surprised if you know, the symptoms of people who have really bought the COVID narrative would be similar to people who have, have actual PTSD, as crazy as that sounds. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, mm-hmm. you get PTSD because of traumatic experiences. And if you believe that your neighbor, like if you think of the amount of, you know, you you homeschool your children, I we, we homeschool, you know, just from, just from homeschooling my kids, my nerves are shot at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine believing that like the air was going to kill me you know, uh, because the TV told me so, you know, Um, it really did damage people. And I think a lot of people in the conservative party realized it was nonsense probably within a few months. But then we had this stupid uh, leadership race in the middle of 2020. I don't know why Andrew Scheer picked the worst. He wasn't even very good as a leader, but he picked the worst time ever to ever to step down. He should have just said, we're not having a leadership race until we can do it in person, you know, something like that. Because who wants to run for the leader when you have to do it on Zoom? There's no energy behind it. There's no way to get your message across. It's that's not politics. That's mm. that's, uh, that's 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 doing a, a conference pitch or something like that. You know, even that it's slack. So Aaron O'Toole was the only uh, relatively. I mean, first of all, Leslie Lewis was smart, but she wasn't a sitting MP, so that's always an outsider. Derek Sloan was obviously social conservative and was a dark horse because he was legitimately right wing and erin o'toole was kind of the only uh sitting palatable guy who didn't seem like a sleazy guy like peter mckay and anyway so you know he won it was almost like he won uh the the leadership race that no one wanted you know mm-hmm. um and then he was the the chump in the election no one wanted you know so i with with, with polyev you know i wrote an article the other day of course he's not a social conservative and, and and all that sort of stuff but neither was Trump people remember that neither was Trump uh he was made into one uh his base sort of made him into one because again these are politicians the political um what in a representative democracy it's it's up run by opinion poll if your base is pro-life then you have to appease them right That that's just, that's just a fact and then you may convert yourself on the way or maybe not but either way the results are what they are and so with Polyev he came out right away supporting the convoy. OK, mm-hmm. so I don't think he's a political. Op- I mean, he's a politician. So, of course, being a politician, there's a little bit of opportunism. There's a, there's opportunism in everything. You know, I, I'm an author and and I write articles for LifeSite. I'm a journalist. I mean, I I make my titles in ways that I know will be a little bit opportunistic because I need people to click on them versus other ones. You know, there's, there's always an aspect of marketing. Oh, for sure. I'm positive he's done that to a degree, mm-hmm. but he didn't wait till the convoy was done. And I was a fan of the convoy since day one. John Henry Weston was down there. We were reporting on the ground. We know at Site exactly what was happening. I knew it was fine. But it's anybody's guess what could happen with that. I mean, it it, it could very well have been that some moron would bring a bomb or something. I mean, you know, like we got a nation of people who have nothing to do. People are out of work. And uh, working class movements, generally speaking, uh, because of the crowd that's involved in working class movements, you know, uh, often. There is violence. That's just a historical fact. So the fact that it remains peaceful was unbelievable. I mean, it was actually a miracle that there was literally no violence there. That was crazy.
0: I think uh, it showed the heart of the people, didn't it, Kennedy? The kind of people that were there, the ninety-nine percent that were there. Yeah,
1: it it did. I mean, it was ninety-nine point nine nine percent. I mean, yeah. like there was, yeah. might there might have been a couple guys getting arrested for drinking too much. It's like, well, welcome to Ottawa on a Friday night, you know. <laughs> yeah. I used yeah. to live there. It's you know. So when Polyev came out and said, "I support this thing." Uh, I don't think that was politically opportunistic all the way through because it wasn't clear that the party was supporting it. Uh, The media sure wasn't supporting it. Um, And it wasn't clear what was going to happen to him as a member of the caucus. Because listen, you know, I like to, you know, I stand behind a microphone and I write about these guys. So I pretend, pretend I'm all high and mighty, but I'm not employed by the Conservative Party of Canada. If I was employed by the Conservative Party of Canada and I had a vision of being a leader, which he obviously has, and he, and that's been known for years, it was always kind of a matter of when he was going to run for leadership. Um, well, he watched what Doug Ford did to people who broke the party line, right? They got kicked out. Yep. He watched what happened to um, Jason Kenney's per- conservatives. That party was breaking apart, and the UCP, and the and the Wild Rose, and there's threats, you know, there's all this, you know, uh, d- d- turmoil, and, you know, um, uh, look what Scott Moe. In Sask- Saskabush, I mean, goodness gracious, he was like bipolar. One day he was yelling about the unvaccinated, you know, deserving consequences. And the next day he's saying we've got to live with COVID and it's bad to segregate people. You know, this was insane. It was absolutely insane. I think that uh, Polyev and many others, when the truckers arrived, it was like the steam, you know, being released. And they finally said, to heck with it. We're going for this thing and come what may.
0: And I think I, I don't know if you remember too, Kennedy, but I believe it was last year, um, probably the beginning of 2021. I think Aaron O'Toole actually demoted uh, Pierre Polyev. He was the was he not Are the they, shadow minister for finance? And they put him with jobs or employment or something like that. I didn't know there that. was a demotion already. Yeah, yeah. So there was already a I think a an arrow shot across the bow a little bit on uh, on Polyev. But you know, the yeah. one image that I remember from the convoy was, yeah, while these truckers were on route and their supporters were on route, we saw the, I, I thought, just the beautiful patriotic images of people that were <clears throat> that were supporting. A lot of them were in the same position, uh, whether they were uh, being affected by the mandates themselves, uh, out of work, running out of money, these Canadian flags and all these overpasses. Pierre Polyev was probably yeah. the first politician to get on one of those overpasses and do one of his first videos that he's very well known for here in the last six to eight months, of uh, just kind of being by himself, standing solo, two or three minutes, sometimes up to five minutes, just giving a real well thought out piece of um, whatever the political, I mean, political, whatever's going on in that in that day, right? And he did a, a great one on the top of one of those uh, those overpasses, and it was just uh, gave you the feeling that there's there's a real sense of uh, this guy's a leader, he's got a vision. He's here to support people, um, but it didn't come across as kind of a, a weird political way, if that makes sense, Kennedy. Right, I thought right. that was kind of the beginning of, of like I said, this this phenomenon. I guess is really what else do you say? And you mentioned earlier to Kennedy that it looks like these mandates are starting to lift. And probably some of our listeners in the states are like, "What are you guys talking about? <laughs> mandates? We're yeah. still living under some real, <laughs> some real, real, nonsense. Uh, real yeah. nonsense. Exactly. And yeah. you went through that here in the last month, just. Uh, <laughs> You know, with the uh, some border <laughs> yeah. crossings and you've had some you've had some fun yourself. But yeah, maybe explain to people where we're at still with when sure. it comes to these mandates and what we're trying to fight here.
1: Sure. So good news, everybody. Um I published an article on Life Site today. Okay, so um I think I'm okay at my job. I I hope I am, otherwise they're paying me for they're not paying me properly. Um but uh or they're paying me too much, I should say, because I've been saying for a while. i believed that the border mandate so right now as a canadian uh technically speaking you can't come into the country as a foreigner unless you're vaccinated except for you can apply for compassionate reasons like if a loved one's dying or something and even now they'll reject you sometimes because they're very friendly people um but as a canadian you are allowed to leave the country notice how i just said that as if that's a sentence i ever thought i'd say you are allowed to leave the country oh okay great um thanks for my rights of you know movement and things but um you are allowed to leave. They have allowed, they'll just to have this uh, illustrious privilege. Um, But when you come back, you have to present, there's a bunch of ways to get in. Isn't this crazy? Sometimes I, it's become so normal. It is,
0: isn't it? It feels like there's a big wall that we got to uh, get over. We're like we're in Germany or something. Well, like,
1: but it's even, geez. but it's, it's absurd. Like I, I, yeah. I just think of myself, okay, it's, it's, it's September of 2022. These last two weeks just all the spread have been quite the haze. And I think, if i were to tell myself you know my last day as a teacher before i you know would i left the profession my last day in class march whatever 2020 and was joking with my students i teach french i taught french and i was saying bon bon vacances corona you know good have happy, happy uh, corona vacation because everyone was joking about it because we're like what <laughs> yeah, we're going on this march break in 3 days and we're like they're giving us a warning like some plague you know and uh <laughs> that's what they do in the middle that was when you read the middle uh, medieval history the plagues were so bad that they would say you're all gonna die wait three days until you go home um imagine that but um so and that, that for that was the reason i never believed it like you know call me crazy but that moment right there i went ah okay well if we were gonna die we'd be dead now so anyway but uh I can't imagine telling myself at that time, yeah, in two and a half years, you're going to be talking to a guy on a podcast about the three or four different loopholes to get back into your own country when you're not sick anyway. So Unbelievable. when yeah. you come back, you have to do some sort of uh, uh, arrival software. You don't have to do the app like some people say. You can do it on a browser. That's actually part of the rule. So people that don't use the apps, I'm actually kind of happy that people are blissfully ignorant to this. I don't know why no one in the media, and the this is how stupid they are. No one, No one in the leftist media, has said you don't have to use the app, because everyone's upset about the app, the Rivecan app, you don't have to use it. (laughs) You have Mm -hmm. to use, you have to log in on a browser. I did that when I went to Florida, came back and just logged in on a browser. That's totally part of the rules. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. no one said anything about it because they could just say you don't have to use the app anyway. So you got to log in your information, whether you're vaccinated, you know, whatever, or proof of immunity or some sort of exemption or whatever. So you get all that information together and you present it to the border. If you're jabbed, you go through as if you have rights. And if you're not jabbed, you got to jump through hoops. So um, one of the ways you can get in and be treated like a vaccinated person almost is if you have uh, um, t- proof from a molecular. So one of those PCR tests from the last six months uh, of a positive infection, then you count as immune, uh, which they qu- they never announced that. They quietly introduced it in uh, February. Um, but they never announced it. Otherwise, that would they have to admit that immunity exists. Excuse me. But um, or you can have a, a medical contraindication. So if you have like anaphylaxis to the ingredients in the vaccine or something, right? you get a doctor to write a note. So if you present those things, you can be treated as a vaccinated person. But you still have to test a couple of times. And you don't have to. I've I've come back and forth and I've never tested. I just throw them out on the side of the road. Um, they never say anything. So um. <laughs> And if you want, to, if you wanted to, I have a friend who came back, and uh, you're supposed to do the test on a Zoom call, and uh, he calls in on a phone number to the public health, and he's like, "I need to do my test," and and uh, the lady goes, "You know, you got to do it on on the, on the Zoom," and he says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have data for that." He didn't say he didn't have data. He just said, I don't have data for this. Hmm. <laughs> so she said, do you want to go do it over the phone? <laughs> and so she, he's like, yep, sure. She's like, stick oh, this thing up man. your nose. He's like, okay, he sticks it in a glass of water or something. So anyway, um, you don't have to, but anyway, that's what you have to do. So, but the point is, I've said, I've been saying for a while that we're going to end this in September. And the reason I believe that is because I'm convinced, I'm convinced there'll be a snap election this fall. Hmm. Um, hmm. Reason being, the Emergencies Act, that thing, the war measures act that was introduced that was implemented by trudeau in february to, to crush the freedom uh, convoy uh there is an automatic review re- re- excuse me review process that has to take place within one year of it being called and the implications for for not doing it properly are actually a borderline criminal as far as you can with a politician mm-hmm. so anyone who's been following canadian politics knows that um uh, there was no justification, not just we know there was no justification because we know the Freedom Convoy was fine. But even if the Freedom Convoy wasn't fine, all of the channels of operation have all denied asking for it. So the federal law enforcement, the municipal and the provincial um, and the military were all consulted by the safety minister, Mark Mendicino and uh, cabinet and they are in, co- in the cabinet. Yeah, And they all have said, we did not ask the, the liberals for this. They consulted us about it. But we didn't ask for it. We said that we could do it with existing powers that we have, which is true. You don't need to bring in the military to get a bunch of dudes to move their trucks. Um, So anyway, that's fallen apart. So they have to do these hearings. I don't know, even in Trudeau land, I don't know how they possibly get through those hearings. Uh, If they do, Canada is Venezuela. Venezuela. You know, like that's 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 a Rubicon of Rubicons. It's like we all that, that'll make Bill Clinton's trial with the Monica Lewinsky thing look like a like, you know, a proper justice was served. Um, it was uh, there's no way. So personally, I don't think they're going to go through with the, the hearings. It's it's too much of an embarrassment. It's impossible, um, you know, and how do you get out of the hearings? You call an election. That's what I think, uh, because if you do dissolve, dissolve the government, it's it's not clear how you have hearings for a government that's no longer in power. Um, and if Trudeau resigns, which I think he will, I think he'll resign. And I think he'll tap on Christian Freeland to run as prime minister. And he'll tout it as some sort of feminist thing. He'll say, you know, I've always championed women's rights. And I'm, I'm, I'm the strongest yeah. woman we've ever had. Blah, 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 blah. She'll be the first elected because Kim Campbell was not elected. She was appointed. Um, yeah. In whatever. Anyway, so I think that little, something yeah. like that's going to happen. So, But the point is, February 20, uh, it was released yesterday. It was released on Saturday, the Toronto Star And this is that people have to understand the toronto star is the propaganda wing of the liberal party it's the washington post of the democrats it's the same thing so when a story quote-unquote leaks it means someone in the party said please publish this so we can get ahead of of the narrative so story was published on saturday the saturday morning the most read paper in canada is the saturday star and it was uh rumors about uh sources say the arrive can and border mandates are dropping okay which means that's the liberals are saying they are, and they're getting it out in the press beforehand to, to control the message. Next day, the Toronto Sun, which is the right wing paper, ostensibly, uh, confirmed it. Brian Lilly, but he's a conservative journalist. So he um, he confirmed it. He actually said, uh, this is my sources said the same thing. And he didn't write. And I know how these guys write like the, the these mainstream publications. They never speculate. They never speculate. Uh, they say they might speculate in like an opinion piece or something. But if they say something will happen, it's because they've confirmed it. They never they, 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 they will never do that. As dishonest as they are and how the they trial present Trial balloon, him,
0: right? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he said, we'll be gone by the end of the month. So basically, November, September 30th, my American friends, come one, come all. You can drive into the great white north and we can go back and forth with impunity. And I'll be down at the Catholic Identity Conference in Pittsburgh, which I was going to go to anyway. I'm leaving on the 29th and I'm very happy that when I come back I won't have to, you know, be sneaking across like a Mexican getting into Arizona.
0: Oh my goodness. I don't know if that, I don't even know if that's called <laughs> sneaking across. I'm sure it's probably easier for them to get across than for us to get across. Yeah, that's true actually. Full
1: disclosure. Yeah. You
0: know, you, you know it's uh and and as we're recording this right now one of the uh on on Twitter the uh, the trend Kennedy I think you noticed it too. Um, the Trudeau must go trend, uh, it's actually been pretty amazing people. I, I'm going to take it for what it's worth. I mean, people are posting pictures of themselves, a little bio of themselves and then saying, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau thinks I'm a misogynist and a racist and I need to be dealt with. And, uh, there's literally there's thousands and thousands. Now it's hundreds of thousands of it's, it's trending right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, on something that's uh, Twitter is generally known as a left wing, Sort of a social platform uh, to be to see this uh, going south the way this is on Trudeau and his government it's uh, something else and you know from the you can't make this up file I don't know if you read that story I think it was about a week ago Kennedy but the the Canadian government the federal government set up a fund it was about twenty million dollars I believe for the businesses in Ottawa that were affected by the by the convoy and now there's stories coming out that. You know, while some of the businesses were trying to get some reimbursement through this program, there was actually um, some government workers, apparently, that were going door to door to these places and saying, hey, you know, there's this program available. You you need to take this money. And they're like, no, 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 we we were fine. We were selling all our goods and services. No issue. When those guys were here, we're actually doing booming business. So. In right conscience, we can't take this money from you. Right, right. <laughs> like it's just just bizarre world, right? But uh boy. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens, Kennedy. I you know, there's a lot of people that are, are still just like myself and probably you too. It's um it's uh the, the trust in government has gone down so much. Um the uh you know, and we just we need to live life in a state of grace, trusting in, in our Lord because um yeah, it's just it's so hard to say what's going to happen next. I think we become very jaded in what's going on. So even when you see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, we're not sure if it's a freight train or if it's actually a true light, right? So
1: that's a good. Yeah, I, that's uh, I. uh I'm optimistic. I don't know. I mean, I yes. don't know why, but I am an optimist. I'm up, I'm optimistic by temperament, mm-hmm. Um, which made the first part of this declared pandemic really hard on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those first few months, I was like, No, 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 no. They're saying it might only be a couple more weeks. Oh my goodness. I look back now and I probably sounded like an idiot. Um, (laughs) No, I'm
0: like you too. I, you know, at the beginning, you couldn't believe it. Especially our church is Kennedy. I know. You know, when our, our, remember our parish priest, uh, you know, he said, uh, we might not have mass next week. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Dave, like we're not going to have mass in person next weekend. And I was like, I was just blown away. I had no idea that it would, it would escalate to that, that point. Right. But, uh. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm glad you're optimistic. I am too. I. I want to be. It's just hard to put your faith in the princes of this world. But thankfully, we have the Prince of Peace in our corner, and uh, that leads me, I guess. Uh, and I. I could talk about this, you know, politics with you all the time. Sure. Hopefully, we will have an election. You're gonna. I'm gonna have to wrangle you back on. I can't do any rugby moves on you, Kennedy. But I, <laughs> I'm more of a golfer now than anything. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll have to uh, ask you cordially to come. And I know rugby's a actually a gentle sport off the field. So. Uh, I'll cordially invite you to come on and talk about that. But I did want to talk about about the fringe minority. Let's go to the fringe. Maybe call them the fringe majority of Catholics. And this uh, this papal visit to oh, uh, yeah. to Canada. Um, we're just kind of. Actually, it wasn't very long ago. There's sort of a joke in in Alberta here during Calgary Stampede that uh, if you're somebody from outside of Calgary, you're you're loved to go. And it's it's actually a great time. Uh, there's obviously some debaucherous things about the Calgary Stampede, just like there'd be with any kind of fair or festival. But if you're there just for the rodeo and to have a good time, visit with, it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. But if you're from Calgary and Stampede Week comes around, you just get the heck out of Dodge. Like you're heading yes. to the mountains, you're you're gone, right? You're not mm-hmm. even around. But uh, this papal visit, uh, and I and God bless Pope Francis, obviously and, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're praying our rosary. We need to pray for his intentions first. That's why you got to do it the first thing you do. But um, this uh, this visit, uh, boy, outside of a handful of, of the First Nations people that I, I know actually from, from hearing them talk, they said, you know, it was nice the Pope came. This helped us. This helped me personally in my forgiveness and my path to truth and reconciliation, whatever that is for some of these individuals. And a lot of them said, we've already moved on. I know. But it was nice that he came. But for the most part, I know a lot of Catholics that, he was coming, you could see the media, this fear that was, that was building up and this anti-Catholic kind of a vitriol just building up as the the visit was approaching. A lot of people just said, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I'm just checking out. Like, this is not, I don't want to be a part of this. Where did you come out on this visit? It it, it just, uh, you know, as, as he came in, there was, there's obviously some, some good parts. It was nice to see a few things that that did happen, but there were other parts uh, that that were, like I said, really cringeworthy. Um, it was tough to watch, actually, as a Catholic. But yeah, what did what were your thoughts on that, Kennedy?
1: Okay, so first and foremost, I know that I, you know, people who know me, I'm a quote unquote rad trad. I get that. I love the Pope. I pray for the Pope. We pray for Pope Francis by name as a family. I don't believe Benedict's still the Pope. I'm not someone who believes we should go around arbitrarily bashing any prelate. But I do know from church history and from Aquinas and all these great names and, you know, other saints who've talked about it, that uh, the norm is that we, you know, hold our tongue uh, and, and and don't say anything about our prelates, uh, except that there's an extreme situation. This is just, you know, it's it's just the way it is. Uh, and, you know, under Pope Francis, it's, it's been extremely difficult, um, to say the least. And, um, you know, this visit was classic kind of the church under francis it was not catholicism it was uh it was catholic um sociology or something i don't, I don't know how to put it mm. you know first of all there are so many lies that he that, that his his visit here to do this thing perpetuated the lies that we already have been told
0: yes yes
1: um you know, I'm. I've been talking to this. I won't say who they are, but it's an organization. They're a very amazing organization who are at the front lines of dealing with the uh, residential schools narrative. Uh, they might be the, They They told me they said nobody on on this in this country has ever actually read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's four thousand pages. No one's read it. No one in government's read it. They've read it. They've all and they got judges who work on their thing. One of their guys work was a. Uh, uh, the western standard did an interview with them I, if you can find that maybe put it in the, the, the notes or something to this show um 99 yep. of what we've been told about what happened in residential schools is, has either been twisted or is a lie hmm. okay that doesn't mean that bad things didn't happen of course over a hundred years yeah. in boarding schools i mean bad things happen at the school i used to work at it's not even a boarding mm-hmm. school you know like human mm-hmm. beings around children will do bad things sometimes mm-hmm. um but the church has been maligned by the government when really the government is at fault. Uh, any individual who has ever done anything wrong to a child obviously is judged as an individual but it's not a collective thing uh the missionaries so and 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 they don't tell the stories for example you can read there's many stories but this is just one of them you know in the 1920s one of the residential schools in the Winnipeg area burnt down and the government said you're we're going to you're going to have to put your kids in the public school they protested until they built them another school for the nuns to teach their kids mm-hmm. and, you know some 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 tragedy you know what i'm saying like they yeah. they they wouldn't put their kids in a government school because the catholic one was so much better uh, there are so many lies uh, it was not obligatory to go th- to the residential schools uh everyone was allowed to send their kid to a residential school if they did not have another one op- available uh so that was the rule um many people chose to send their kids to residential schools instead of the local public school uh many many natives who went through these institutions said it was the best thing of their life and, and people will say things like you know cultural genocide and all this sort of stuff listen I've lived in other countries or in one. I lived in Italy. You know what they didn't let me learn in school? English. Because they don't speak English there. I mean, learn that as like a secondary language. But they didn't say, you know, your culture is English. So uh you're gonna go through school doing this because we don't want you to lose your language. They said, Hey, you'll never be able to work in this country if you don't speak English or Italian. Um, so yes, are there native languages? Sure. But guess what? The native languages are are there, there's a thousand of them. You couldn't even do a first nations language school back then because you wouldn't even be able to, you wouldn't have a curriculum because there wasn't an alphabet, mm-hmm. you know? So when they sent these kids to these schools, they had to speak French or English because everyone in Canada has to speak French or English. That's just the way it is. Um, so there's so many lies, you know, this idea where well, they had to cut their hair. Everyone at boarding school has to cut their hair because you don't want lice. I, you know, my, my, my boys will go to this um, traditional boarding school at our chapel in a few years, you know, in like six years or whatever. Mm-hmm. they have to have short hair there too. <laughs> Because it's 80 boys who live together and they say, hey, sometimes 80 boys living together aren't the cleanest. They need to have short hair because that's just a that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, so, so Pope Francis being here, and we haven't even gone to the hoax of the mass graves, which has literally been proven to be an actual fraud. There were mm-hmm. there were no mass graves. Mm-hmm. Uh it wasn't Auschwitz, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, um the Pope coming to apologize for that narrative just perpetuated the lies. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So it's not good for natives because many of them are believing and wonderfully faithful Catholics, and they don't want they their are, tr- they don't 100%. want their church, which they love, to be destroyed because they're they're Catholic. Yep. I'm a Catholic first. I'm everything else second. I don't care what mm-hmm. your skin color is. Everyone who's who's Catholic believes the same. Um, And also, there are many uh, young Native people who are very disenfranchised, like many young people, but especially there's a lot of poverty and drug abuse and all that sort of stuff, sadly, in the reserves, which are run by the government, and it's their fault that they're that bad. And, you know, um, and this is something they can grab onto, like Black Lives Matter, and and it's toxic. It's completely toxic. So Mm -hmm. Pope Francis should never have come, and he should never have done that. If he was going to come, he should have come as a Catholic and said, we're here to re-evangelize the Natives who we love enough... Like the Canadian martyrs that will die in order that they know Jesus. Mm. Instead, it was, uh, we're here and we're sorry for the really bad Catholic Church, um, and please do some pagan ceremonies in front of me that might call demons upon me. That's what uh, happened.
0: That was that was weird. That you know that smudging. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I know that there's a few Catholics that are trying their best to to justify that. Uh, there's you can't it's just not Catholic and it has no place in the Catholic church specifically and, and particularly in our liturgy, no place at all. But, you know, just to that point, Kennedy of, of just evangelization and the missions and the sacrifice of so many Catholics greater than me. And I'm sure you agree, probably greater than you too. I mean, Think of a, a Bishop Grandin. Who? Yeah, that's uh, right. I was going to say uh, him on the coat of arms, uh, Arch uh, the Archdiocese of Edmonton, Kennedy. In case you, you didn't know it, on the on the coat of arms actually has snowshoes on it, and what that signifies is the twenty five thousand miles that Bishop Grandin traveled by snowshoe, mm-hmm. yeah. not by Ferrari, not by snowmobile, not even by a horse, but uh, not even by dog sled, but by snowshoes to bring the gospel to the First Nations people. It I mean, it's it's a beautiful story. But one yeah. that, you know, the, the church has allowed the cancellation of way too quickly. And uh the missionary zeal of the Catholic Church, even Vatican two says, you know, the 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 mission of the church is to evangelize, to baptize and bring people to Jesus Christ. That is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed that this that this visit it just it missed the mark, didn't it, Kennedy? And, and it yeah. put all Catholics in a real bad spot in Canada.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. Um and luckily, I mean, no one really ca- I mean this in the best way possible. No one really cared about the visit. And I did a video called Pope Francis here, No One Cares. And and I, I meant that. Like no one cared. And but that's and in a way that was good. Um, because I was just like, Great, we're gonna have another summer of love with all the churches burned because you know it's gonna whip up the same frenzy of, you know, but it didn't. I just think no one really cared. Um, which is obviously really sad, but it also, you know. It just shows, you know, this experiment, this 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 boomer spirit of the council, whatever that means. Experiment is just no one wants it. No one wants it. It's social justice. It's guitars at mass, and it's and it's a bunch of paganism, and nobody's into it uh, mm-hmm. except for a very devoted like few who are. You know, it's funny. One of the uh, when Pope Fran- when the mass was done, which was wasn't traditional, but like there was a little bit of Latin in it, and mm-hmm. it was. And the, they actually like looked like they were acting reverently. It was the one that was in the stadium. And uh the priest who was a uh who's commenting on it, uh native fella. Uh he and this just shows how he doesn't even know he was formed so poorly, he doesn't even know church history as a Catholic priest. And he's watching the mass and he was astounded. And he said, uh, it felt like I was transported back to the 50s. It was just the regular Novus Ordo with some Latin at the consecration. I'm like, what do you yeah. think happened? Uh-huh. And I mean, he must believe that the old mass is just translated into English, and that's the new mass. And he's a priest of Jesus Christ, hmm. you know. So it just, and, and and I mean, he's the commentator that's picked by the CBC or whatever. It just kind of shows that, yeah. you know, that spirit of the 60s just is is just is at its last legs.
0: It does feel that way, doesn't it? And, yep. uh, but it's difficult for us Catholics. You know, we're, we're looking for leadership. But, and unfortunately, it just seems that us lay people, it's kind of come back to us to to figure out our own devices where it comes to mandates, mm-hmm. which we know, we know uh, it's been heartbreaking to see this. And as the, the narrative continues to just unravel, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the sin of pride keeps people from, you know, whether that's politicians or your next door neighbor from admitting they were wrong. Uh, we just haven't didn't get that support yes. from the church. We were that's left right. to our own devices, and and same with evangelization. There's a there's a lot of people, at myself and I know for sure for you, and and there's a lot of us that really want to share our faith with other people, you know. But there's nothing that's that's uh, hinders evangelization efforts than a bad example, and it just seems like yep. that's kind of where we're at right now with our our leadership. Was this, it? it
1: was this, Yeah, it was the same thing with Catholics looking for religious exemptions. Yes. Well, the Pope said it's an act of love to get vaccinated. It's like the, the, of course the person at your job doesn't know what church teaching is, but that's not church teaching. No. That's just an opinion. That's a that's a sociological opinion by a pope who has no charism in sociology, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, and, and things like that. It was just, I mean, you know, it was um this it, whatever. So um pray for Pope Francis, you know, that we could go on forever. And um I, I personally don't think about him that much. I don't mean that in the callous sense, but I just, I try not to just get, I try not to think about it. I just pray for him and just sort of, you know, report the news when I have to. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's where we need to be. Right. And, and still loving our, our bishops and our priests and our Pope. And, and that's what God's calling us to do, even when it's not always easy. So, Kennedy, it's been a uh, an absolute blessing. Time has flown by. Uh, thanks for your time. Where do we uh, find you on uh, social media? Like I said, you got a great Twitter uh, um, thanks. feed as well. So uh, yeah, tell people where they can get a hold of you.
1: At Kennedy Hall is my Twitter handle, easy enough to remember. Got the I got that handle in 2009 when Twitter became a thing, and I never really used it, but I kept it. Anyway, I was glad I did. Um, uh, the Kennedy Report on YouTube, uh, that's where I do my shows. And then of course if you want to read me at life site and stuff just you know go to life site news and, and my article at least at least an article or two for every weekday uh because of, of our reporting uh frequency um and then uh, i don't have it finalized yet but um people listen to this uh stay tuned i'm working on having a course ready uh for the new year oh. um Something it, I have the working title is something like Terror of Demons 60 Day Ex- Self Exorcism. Uh, mm. men have been reaching out to me a lot, struggling with their addictions, with pornography, and, and, and just mm. everything, not knowing how, whatever. Yeah. And it's not enough. I mean, Exodus 90 is great, I've done it, but you know, sometimes people just need actual mentorship and coaching. It's just you, you, you know, it's like I love working out. Someone gives me a personal training program, I'll go do it. But if you don't know how to work out, then it's useless to just have the program. You have to be brought through it, you know. And so I'm going to offer something more in-depth and uh, and more involved. But anyway, that should, it'll be in the new year sometime.
0: well that sounds good. Well, when that comes out, let uh, let me know, and I'll definitely get the word out to our, uh, Thank our you. listeners as well. So, Kennedy, thanks again, man. God bless you. Let's pray for each other on this uh, journey to heaven. And uh, yes. God bless you, my friend.
1: We will add you. We have a rosary attention book, intention book, because we always get asked. So we'll write the Catholic Canuck and his family in there. And then every time we pray the rosary, it's it's automatically done.
0: (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Kennedy. We'll be in touch. God bless you.
1: All right, man. Talk to you later.
0: Well, a big thanks to Kennedy Hall for joining us on this episode of the Catholic Connect podcast. Always great insights and uh, really wish uh, Kennedy well and uh, praying for that project that he's got coming up. He says early in the new year, uh, something to help men out. And uh, we're going to definitely be uh, sharing that when it uh, becomes available as uh, Kennedy's got his heart in the right place for for all people, but especially for men and challenging men to be the, uh, the most holy that they can possibly be and be that example uh, to to this world and to uh, first and foremost be in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And it takes a lot of work, guys. It really does. It's something that we got to choose every day, choose every day that, that path to holiness, that walk with Jesus Christ. So again, Praying for Kennedy and that project, and we'll give you some more details as that becomes available. I kept thinking too of uh, the great line in our Canadian national anthem, God keep our land glorious and free. And go back to that scripture verse that we kicked off the podcast with from uh, the second book of Chronicles. I think it's so important for us as Catholics, uh, men and women, children, all of us, uh, we need to take a leadership role on in being courageous about our faith and growing in our personal holiness and focusing on what Lord has left behind for us and that is the, the church, the magisterium, Holy Scripture, the catechism of the Catholic Church. Let's not deviate from the game plan. We've got a great game plan to get to heaven and to evangelize souls in a profound and special way, the way that our Lord wants us to be, to be his hands and feet on earth. So let's not deviate from the game plan because when you do that, you go into scramble mode And you get desperate and you start to do and say and believe all kinds of erroneous things. And we're seeing that in our church today, that uh, when we lose sight of what the Lord has left behind, the perennial teachings of the church that we can find in the catechism and in Holy Scripture and uh, throughout the ages from all of our great popes and our saints uh, and right up to uh, when Jesus Christ founded our Catholic church, uh, when we deviate from the game plan of salvation... It gets really ugly, and like I said earlier, and I've said this so many times in the podcast, there's nothing worse to hinder our efforts of evangelization than a poor example and scandal. So let's not be a part of the scandal team. Let's be a part of Team Jesus, team living in a state of grace, fueled by grace, so that we can be that true light and that true beacon to other people in this world. We need you on the team and uh, and if you're not a Catholic and no one's ever invited you to become a Catholic, I'm inviting you to become a Catholic right now. That is probably the bravest thing anybody could do. You think about that in this day and age, is to say, I want to become a Catholic. I want to live in the fullness of Jesus Christ through living a sacramental life, first and foremost, for receiving the Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life. What a beautiful gift um, beyond words that we can receive every day if we want. And uh, remember. Going to Mass and receiving communion is not uh, something we should take for granted. It should be something that uh, we get to do, a privilege and an honor beyond words that we can do every day. So do it as often as you can. Obviously, you got to do it every Sunday, but try to go at least one other time during the week. Maybe Saturday morning is the best for you. A lot of our listeners work and and have children, and it's not always easy to get to a weekday Mass, but uh, journey with the Church. Journey through the Scriptures every day. The same readings that we have universally in our church, we can journey together with Catholics all over the world and then try to get to Mass on Saturday morning or, or maybe an evening throughout the week. and uh, watch your life change. Watch your life change. I know it will and uh, and pick a saint that uh, there's so many great examples of our saints throughout the, the history of our world and uh, that have truly uh, blazed a trail for us and provided that example to live in a state of grace and to get to heaven. And uh, I just keep praying for all of us that, uh, that we can reach out to God, to cry out to God like, uh, like God wanted the Israelites to do, to, to heal our land, to heal our marriages, to heal our young people who are struggling so much psychologically and mentally, the rise of suicidal thoughts and depression, Lord Jesus. Heal them. Heal our nation from the scourge that is abortion and euthanasia, that we may honor and love the sanctity of life right from conception till natural death. And Lord, heal us from any kind of trepidation or fear of speaking the truth, Lord Jesus. Heal us from anything that may make us feel insecure. Heal us from our pride. Give us courage. Give us humility, charity, but give us strength to share the good news of the gospel, no matter what the cost is for our lives and our reputations. Lord, heal us from all of these iniquities and these vices that are rampant in our world and in our lives through the intercession of our most blessed mother who desires all of us to be virtuous sons and daughters of hers, so she may present us as blameless spotless and pure to her son one day lord heal us let's continue to pray for that my friends crying out to god to heal our nation so that he will make us well again thanks for listening to the podcast everyone Uh, Thanks for all your great uh, notes of feedback and support and conversation with you. I love it. I just love hearing from you. What a great universal church we belong to. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And, uh, like, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook. That's where the show keeps on continuing, keeps on rolling and subscribe and, uh, drop a review as you see fit for this podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms. And we got more great stuff coming around the corner. So thanks for, uh, again for listening and supporting us here and let's keep on praying for each other on this journey to eternal life and for us catholics hey we know what we've got to do something we got to do all the time even though it doesn't feel good all the time but man when we get out of that confessional box feels really good doesn't it let's go to confession at least three times every year every lent every advent and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin don't even spend a second of your life there Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.